as, as all verses in the Bible are true, um, that uh, we have been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Well, w- wouldn't our health be part of our life uh, on this earth? Uh, it is part of our life on this earth. Uh, but the, really the key to, to living in that is the second half of the verse where it says, through the knowledge of him. See, uh, and that's, that's, that knowledge there is an experiential revealed knowledge. It's, it's a knowledge of you know who he is. It's not just knowing about him. Well, he's six feet tall. You know, he's 53 years old. Well, he's got, you know, such, such color eyes. That's just knowing things about him, but it's not really knowing him. Uh, and a lot of people know a lot of things about the Lord. They can quote this whole genealogy or they can tell you, you know, this about Jesus. He was born here and born there and done these things. Uh, But do you know him? Right? Do you know him from an experiential standpoint? See, if you really know the Lord to say a statement that his desire is to heal us every single time without exception is an easy statement. Uh, But that statement is, uh, uh, you know, it's confrontational for some people. It's controversial to many people to say something like that. Because their life experiences are, have greater weight and have greater revelation than the knowledge of the Lord. Uh, and they think that their experience with sickness and disease in this earth uh, proves that, uh, that the Bible doesn't say what it actually says. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it's not to be harsh against people or to be upset with people because you know, sickness and disease is a terrible thing. It, uh, it controls people's lives. It harms them. It steals loved ones away from them, causes heartache and heartbreak and financial woes. And there's so many uh, terrible things that come along with sickness and disease. Uh, and uh, I mean, just this last year, right, one, one sickness stopped the entire planet from spinning, right? Um, and, and um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's a big deal. Uh, uh, but, but nothing that we observe in this natural realm can over, override the truth of the Word of God if you really know Jesus, if you really know know him then it's an easy thing that to know that it's his desire to heal us amen, amen. Uh, and really uh, it, that that's the foundation of uh, really your healing and living in divine health if you can't get to and of course brother Bosworth had had coined that phrase that faith begins where the will of god is known as far as i know he's the one who coined that i've heard many ministers after him uh, quote that uh, but um, he may have gotten it from somewhere else too but he was the first one i've read in print uh, that made that statement, um, faith begins where the will of God is known. And so, see, if you don't know that it's God's will to heal every single time without exception, then then where do you start? You know, there's nowhere else to start because if you're not sure that God wants to heal you, then how will you ever have faith for God to heal you? Uh, then if you're in that boat, and a lot of people are in that boat, then really you have to depend upon the faith of others to get you healed. You have to depend on hopefully somebody else has got faith to get you healed. Hopefully somebody else is believing God and knows God well enough to lay hands on you and to get you healed. And at best, if they, if they could stay neutral, then they'll be okay. But if they, if they get strong into unbelief, uh, well, I don't believe God heals people. Um, and and um, well, then, then you get the end of your faith, right? Because that's faith. Um, in fact, I was talking to a minister. He stopped by one time. He was visiting uh, the elderly across the street there. Uh, and... Uh, he said he was, he was retired from being a pastor from a particular denomination, and, uh, uh, but he had to, had to retire, not because it was time or because he didn't feel like preaching, but because he was not well physically enough to preach. And so we just got to talking, and, and, and so I thought, well, I, I mean, normally I don't, I don't do that because I you know, know where he came from, but they don't believe that. But, but you know, it's the unction's there, so we just, had, well, I said, well, you know, we have a healing school every Sunday, you know. You could come and just listen to the word about healing. Well, you know, we don't believe that. Uh, and I thought, you know, that's really, you know, we don't believe that. It, 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 he didn't say, well, the word of God doesn't teach that. The word of God doesn't say that plainly, because it does. He said, we just don't believe that. I thought, you know, it's a really odd thing to say that we don't believe that. You know, I... I always wonder about folks like that. You know, well, we don't believe that. Like, you know, we've already decided that before we even get there, that all these things are wrong, you know, and, and how many verses in the Bible are there about healing? You know, there's hundreds of them, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we believe all of those verses, hundreds of, they're just wrong. All of them are wrong. Uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty bold statement to say. Now, he was a kind man. It was a very, very kind individual. Uh, and we had a, had, had a wonderful uh, fellowship. And, and there was no, 
no uh, ill will between us, you know, when I said that, you know, and, and he wasn't upset about it or anything, but, but he, he, was, he was emphatic about it. Well, we don't believe that uh, because certain denominations, you know, when they, when they, uh, they're tenets of faith, it's really a tenets of unbelief, right? Well, we don't believe this. Well, we don't believe that. Well, we don't believe that. Okay, well, what's on, the, what's on your do-believe column, right? You know, they believe in Jesus. Okay, great. You got some basics there. But, uh, but after that, you know, uh, so... Yeah. Like have a quizzical look and kind of like they're not rejecting it, but you know, they, a lot of people just are yeah. never been taught. And folks like that, there's hope for them, right? Because they've not made a decision. It's the, yeah. the issue is when you've made a decision that this doctrine is wrong, it's really hard for the Lord to overcome that, right? Uh, but uh, if, if you're open to it, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, because they're not taught it, right? It's really the issue that they're not taught it. Uh, and, um, you know, one fellow I know went to a church and he said he'd been going there five years, and he went to the ministry. He's, the pastor said, hey, I would like to, to have some teaching on healing because, you know, I've been here five years. And we, well, that denomination that he was part of doesn't teach healing, you know, because it, they, some people think healing is a Pentecostal doctrine. It's not a Pentecost. It didn't start on the day of Pentecost. It had been going on since, you know, who was the first one to pray for someone to get healed? Anybody know? Chris knows. She's required to know, you know, who, who was it? <laughs> I mean, which one? It was Abraham, right? Of course, it was Abraham. It had to be Abraham, uh, and so. Um, but um, uh, it, uh, so healing has been going on a long time. Uh, supernatural healing has been going on a long time, long before Pentecost ever showed up, right? Uh, and so uh, it was. It was always the intent of the Lord that that the healing, among all the other signs and wonders, were were used as an evangelistic tool because there's nothing better that people can see the love of God than, than for them or their loved ones to get healed. Uh, and, and it was a great evangelistic tool, right? There in Acts chapter 8 with Philip, they came seeing and hearing. The, they believed the things he said because they saw the miracles that he did, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so we, we believe, amen? We believe in healing. Uh, and really, if, if you can meditate on that and, and continue to to go over that and get that settled in your heart over and over that God wants me well, God wants me well, then there's never a question if sickness shows up, well, Lord, do you want me, do you want me to be healed of this sickness and disease? Uh, th that fear is gone. And, and you know, to be honest, uh, you know, there, there were years, uh, many years ago, um, you know, I would be fine and some sickness would, would, would show up and the thought would cross my mind, well, I wonder if it's going to work this time. Uh, and, you know, because we're all human. Uh, but, you know, to be honest, after having taught healing school for all these years, th that thought just never crosses my mind anymore. Uh, in fact, you know, I, I was uh, uh, I was listening to uh, to Brother Hagen uh, not long ago, and um, he was just talking about. Um, uh, he was talking about James chapter four there in verse seven, uh, and and he and he quoted this verse and he used it in terms of sickness and disease. And I never had seen that before. Uh, but he said here, James chapter four, verse seven says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He said, you know, that works for healing too, because if sickness is, is, is originating from the devil and you resist that, then that sickness will flee from you. I thought, you know, that's really good. You know, will that work every time? Well, I don't know if it work every time, but, uh, but you know, even since then, you know, I've noticed that, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, 56 years old this year and, um, you know, still in great health and all that. But, you know, every now and then you get up and, and you know, there, there's something that, that uh, maybe doesn't work quite like it did yesterday. Uh, and, you know, if you're not careful, you go, well, there it is. You know, it's time, you know, older, you know, and. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I have found myself a lot. I'm going to res resist that. And every single time I do it, all of that goes away. Because what happens a lot of times is some new thing will show up and we just accept that. And we go, well, I'm just older now. So, you know, things don't work like they used to. And we kind of get that mindset. And, uh, and, you know, I'm just never going to say to my last breath, well, you know, I'm older now. You know, I just, I can't, I can't do it like I used to do. Uh, and, and even, you know, and, and Brother Hagen, I'll have to ask him about this when I, when I see him in heaven. The year that he died, 
uh, in fact, I was listening to his, some messages uh, from the year that he died. And he said, you know, he said, I'm older now. I said, I'm only going to do one service this, uh, a day this week. You know, normally I do two, but, you know, I'm older and, and I'm going to let the younger people do that, you know. And, and that was the year that he died. And, um, you know, I, I wonder if that wasn't a reflection of where he was at in his faith with his, related to his age that, well, you know, I'm older now. And, and um, uh, but, you know, he'd said this about verse seven, James four, seven. I thought, you know, that's really good. That's uh, and I found that in, in my own in my own life, many times just resisting the sickness itself, the sickness goes away because that's what he says. Right. Because it, it doesn't limit it to any, any anything in particular that the devil, any work of the devil. No, there's no specific work of the devil that it's limited to. Whether sickness and disease are work of the devil, every sickness and disease is the work of the devil, even if it's not directly a, a demonic presence. Uh, and so that's free right there. That's not even in Brother Balser's book, you know, but uh, but I thought that was re I really uh, that really, uh, uh, you know, I mean, how many times have I read James 4, 7? You know, I mean, so many times. Right. I've read James 4, 7 and always used it from the standpoint of sin. Right. Because that's what that's what uh, uh, that's what we we use it there in in the context of it. We use it in resisting sin. But that's fine. But. Uh, and, and that's really probably the primary intent of that verse. But it doesn't limit that to just sin, does it? So uh, free, uh, free uh, verse right there, right? Uh, not even part of our message here. So, uh, so we're here in, uh, in Brother Bosser's book uh, in the chapter dealing with the, the, the uh, was it 20, 22? Yeah, 22 reasons why uh, people fail to receive healing. Uh, and, um, and these are just things that, that he has observed over the years that, uh, that he's seen where this is causing people to uh, not receive healing when they could. And, and so we're on number 15 there. And, uh, you know, I think really a lot of them are good. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and so that's why we're going through them. But uh, number 15, or actually number, is it 15 that we're on? No, it's number 18 we're on. Um, and so uh, this one is not receiving the Holy Spirit uh, and it says in Romans eight eleven, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your immortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So he didn't really go into a lot of details since I wasn't really sure what the specific point that he was trying to make here. So, uh, you know, and, and just because he says something that we agree or disagree with it, you know, doesn't mean we can't cover it, right, and, and talk about it. Uh, but um, uh, so I wasn't sure if he was talking about like being baptized in the Holy Spirit, that that's one reason why I, I would have a hard time believing that, that he believes that you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit before you can receive your healing. It, it may be just that, uh, uh, you know, in, in a prayer line, when you're praying for folks, you know, if I'm laying hands on people, then the people need to be in a receptive mode, right? They need to receive the work of the Holy Spirit and not just, you know, assume that the pastor is going to do everything or the minister is going to do everything. I mean, sometimes that works, but but you can you, you get a lot more success in your spiritual life if you go with the intent of being in agreement with the minister and receiving the work of the spirit of God in, in a prayer line. Right. Uh, because, you know, uh, many times you can sense when somebody is either receptive or if somebody is mowing the grass in their mind and they're not here, you know, they're out there, you know, at Walmart or, you know, I got to get home, I got to wash the car and you know, feed the dog and you know well, where are you well i'm down the street you know around the corner so they're not receiving right so then that requires it to be a completely sovereign act on the lord instead of them using their faith it's, it becomes a sovereign act of god which as we know sovereign acts of god are sovereign they come if they want to come and they, they don't come if they don't want to come and nothing really we can do about it but if it's a if it's an act of faith then it can always work uh, and um and that's probably uh, the, the, the most uh, reasonable explanation of this thing, because I said he doesn't go um, into a lot of detail about what it is that they're not receiving. But um, but so we're just going to we're just going to assume that he meant the best thing right here. Right. And so, uh, you know, to be honest, when I first got baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know, I was a little self-righteous and think, well, you know, if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're not nearly as spiritual as I am, which I'm sure was true. But, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, you can get it, it. It doesn't matter what you know. If you know something that somebody else might not know, you will get in pride about it if, if you're not careful, right? And so, uh, because receiving the Holy Spirit from the Pentecostal standpoint does not get you in, in heaven, right? You, if you're born again, that's what gets you into heaven, amen? 
there are plenty of benefits to being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but, but going to heaven, that was already taken care of in the born-again experience. Uh, and so, so that, all that to be said, if, if, you, if you are needing somebody to uh, uh, connect with you or to help, help you in uh, battling some sickness and disease and you want them to pray for you, then, then always have the faith to receive the Spirit of God that's in them. Because if you remember the woman with the issue of blood, remember when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, what did Jesus say? He said, power or virtue, uh, or Brother Hagin always said a virtue, you know, he, he was incapable of saying the word virtue, he'd always say virtue, but, but he said virtue went out of him. And I don't know why they translated that one time virtue, because it's the same Greek word power, you know, uh, supernatural power, dunamis, that's used many other times in the New Testament. Uh, but uh, her faith pulled the Spirit of God, the power of God out of, out of Jesus. He didn't release it to her because he was unaware that she was even there, you know, because there was a throng of people. There's a press, you know, the press was around them, right? And so her faith pulled the power of God out of Jesus. Uh, and so she received the power of God by her faith. Uh, and, and, you know, even if you go to somebody that, that maybe they're not even a Pentecostal person, you know, but, but if they love the Lord and, and they're willing to lay hands on you, and they're, if they're a Christian, they've got the Spirit of God in them. And they may not even know how to release it. If they're, you know, uh, you ever seen uh, people that, that don't really know much about the, the laying on of hands, the ministry of laying on hands, you know, it may be very formal to them. They may think it's very, you know, uh, uh, you know more, of a, more of a right or, you know, uh, um, than it is a, a ministry. And so not, they don't really know how to release the Spirit of God to help somebody when they're praying for somebody. But that doesn't mean that the person receiving can't pull that out of them. You know, if they're, if they're born again, they've got the Spirit of God in them. You know, every, every non-Pentecostal person in the world has got enough power in them to raise the dead. Uh, and so then they may not know it. They may not have trained themselves to use it, but it's there. Uh, and so uh, it's always to your benefit as the receiving party to always receive the Holy Spirit, always, always receive the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and so, you know, there, there's plenty of stories of people who weren't baptized with the Holy Spirit, uh, got other people healed. And, and so it's not, it's not, a, it's easier if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit because you're filled with the Spirit and, and other things like that. But, but uh, every Christian, every child of God has got eternal life in them. So, uh, you know, you don't have to go find a Pentecostal person to, to pray for you. Amen. Uh, and so if they've got the Spirit of God in them, if they're born again on the way to heaven, they've got enough power to, to fix every toe ache and heartache and everything else. Amen. So, uh, so that is an issue, though. If you're, not in a, if you're not in a receiving mode, that can be a reason why you're not getting healed, right? If you're not here, even though you may be aligned or, you know, uh, there may be other things going on. So, uh, and, and just in relation to that, always make sure that you're not competing with the minister, right? Because a lot of times you, you, you go lay hands on people and they're speaking in tongues or they're praying out loud. You know, they're not in a receiving. You know, they're, they're in their own world. And it's hard to break through into their world because they're already doing whatever they're doing. And so, you know, uh, there needs to be a connection there. There needs to be an agreement there uh, because that's why they're there, right? They're there to be in agreement with the minister. Uh, and uh, you should uh, do your best to be uh, in agreement. And, and my, my attitude anytime I go up in a prayer line is, Lord, I'm going to receive everything that I need in this moment. As soon as this minister lays hands on me, I'm going to receive everything that I need because... I have no faith in that person, but I've got faith in the power of God that resides in that person. Uh, and so uh, make sure that, that uh, you're not competing with them and, uh, you know, you're, you're, not, uh, um, uh, you're, you're not somewhere else. Stay in the moment, stay present, stay uh, with them and, and uh, believe that the Spirit of God in them has the ability to affect a healing and a cure in you. Amen. Uh, and then, then you'll be better off, right? Uh, and so... Uh, then, then the next one that he talks about here is lack of faith. And, of course, that's, uh, that's a big one. But, but out of the 22 that he talks about, you know, th there's this lack of faith. So lack of faith is not always the issue, right? So, you know, somebody could have faith, but uh, if they're not in a receiving mode from the number 18, you know, they may not get healed. God, is God punishing them because of that? Well, God's not withholding anything from anybody, right? Uh, he's already given the Lord Jesus which is everything that we need of, right? Because it says that we've, we've been given all things that pertain on life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. So it's already been given to us. Healing's already been given to everybody. 
he's not withholding it. How is withholding it if it's in your account, right? Uh, well, it's in your account. Well, yeah, but you need to give it to me. But it's in your account. Yeah, but you need to give it to me. Well, what's wrong with you? I just said that it's in your account, right? You call the bank. Hey, how, how much money I got in my account? You got $1,000. Okay, well, you need to give it to me. Well, it's yours. Well, okay, but, you know. And so, you know what I'm saying? It's just people uh, uh, do weird things like that. Um, so it could be something other than lack of faith. Amen. And I know probably as a whole, the Pentecostal church has been the harshest in this area against people not receiving healing. Well, if you just had enough faith, you'd get healed. You know, number one, that assumes you know what's in that person's heart, right? That assumes that you know that the issue specifically is lack of faith, which, you know, like I said, there's 22 things that he's observed. This is the only one he talks about lack of faith. I mean, in essence, everything really that we don't receive is, is lack of faith in some way, but this is specifically, you know, healing. I don't believe in healing. Well, that's a lack of faith that, that he's specifically talking about here. Uh, and so is that an issue? Well, that could be an issue, right? If you don't believe God wants to heal you, if you don't believe God can heal you, uh, right? A lot of people believe that God can heal, but they're not sure that God will heal them. Uh, and, you know, and up to a point, that's not going to be a major hindrance until that lack of faith moves over into uh, unbelief, right? So doubt's not a huge issue, although, you know, it can be an issue. But you remember there in, in Mark chapter 9 with the epileptic son, uh, Jesus said, um, all things are possible to him that believes. He said, I, I, I do believe, Lord, help thou my unbelief. So he did believe a little bit, but he also recognized that he had some unbelief about it. But he had enough faith to bring the child to the disciples. He was trying to bring him to Jesus, I'm sure. But Jesus was up on the mountain getting transfigured. So he was a little busy in the moment. But uh, so he brought him to the disciples and they couldn't get him healed. So I'm sure that didn't do wonders for the faith of the man because he came to get some help. And first group of people that that were closest to Jesus should be able to help him. Because before that, they had already been sent out to go and, and heal the sick and raise the dead and had come back with testimonies that it had worked. So they had experience in doing that. But why in that particular moment weren't they able to get that um, the epileptic son healed? Well, Jesus later on said it's because of your unbelief. It, he, he was talking about the unbelief of the apostles. It was their fault that the child wasn't healed. It wasn't the father's fault, his lack of faith, because his faith, the father's faith brought the child, which is an act of faith to begin with. Right. Uh, and so he had a certain level of faith. So. Uh, so the lack of faith, you know, could very well be the lack of faith on part of the minister's part, right? Well, I'm going to lay your hands on it. It won't do any good, but I'm going to do it anyway, you know. I mean, you could be nullifying that, you know, that, you know. Now, why you do that, I don't know. But, you know, sometimes people ask you to do things and you're not comfortable doing it, but you do it for them, right? And, well, you know, lay hands on me and I'll be healed. Well, it ain't going to do any good, but I'll try it anyway, right? Uh, can't hurt. Uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, but usually if the receiving party is in faith, that's usually sufficient. Uh, and so, because you just need to borrow, you know, they're just a warm body. You're just borrowing the spirit of God that's coming in uh, and living, living in them anyway, right? Uh, so can lack of faith be an issue? Well, of course that can't be an issue. But I'd be, uh, be, be always cautious if someone says, you know, why, why am I not getting healed? You know, my answer is always the same. I have no idea. Uh, you know, it used to be, uh, there was a time, you know, when I, when I was younger, I, you just don't have enough faith. That's your problem, you don't have enough faith. Uh, and and you know that that assumes that I'm their judge, right? That assumes that I know what's going on in inside of their heart, and and so unless the Spirit of God tells me, I don't know. So then I don't know the answer because it's between you and the Lord, right? Uh, but I guarantee you this: if you want to know bad enough, He will show you. Amen. And some people don't don't they don't want to know, you know, because it's always going to be bad news. You know, here you know I'm just not doing good enough again. You know, they don't want to hear any correction from the Lord. Well, then then that is, in essence, a lack of faith, because, you know, uh, although I, I don't try it, you know, when the Lord does, I mean, I don't I don't desire for the Lord to rebuke me. But uh, when he does, I always believe it's for my benefit. Amen. Uh, and so if, if there is an area of lack of faith in my life, I want the Lord to show me that uh, so that I can change. Amen. And no need to stay in the way that I am. It hasn't worked out so far up to now right if if, uh, uh, if that's the issue so lack of faith can be the issue but it is for sure not the only issue and, and don't stand uh, in judgment over anybody else that if well 
If you were in faith, you wouldn't take all that medication. If you were in faith, you wouldn't be going to the doctor. You know, if you were in faith, you know, like the guy posted about the services here. If you were in faith, you'd go to the hospital and just clean it all out. That's funny. Jesus didn't do that, right? He went to Pool of Bethesda. How many people got healed at the Pool of Bethesda? One fella, right? Peter and John went to the temple at the gate beautiful. How many people got healed there at the temple? One guy, right? There's plenty of times when just one person was healed, right? Naaman the Syrian was healed of leprosy. How many people in, in the entire nation of Israel were healed of leprosy? Uh, well, zero from the nation of Israel, right? Zero. Even though they had an entire chapter, probably multiple chapters, in the Old Testament saying, here's what happens when you get cleansed from your leprosy, but nobody was ever cleansed. Well, why did Jesus put all that time and effort of putting an entire chapter in the book of Leviticus about the, uh, what happens, what you're supposed to do when you get healed, uh, if nobody was getting healed that? Well, it was to show that the promise was there. So, uh, so uh, why, why do people not get healed? I have no idea. But it has nothing to do with the will of God. That much I do know. Amen. And so if you start from that point, then you can find the answer. If you think it could be God doesn't want you healed, then you're kind of stuck because who are you going to go to to find out how to fix that? You know, if God really doesn't want you healed, who do you, who do you submit a, a question to get that resolved with? Who do you submit a complaint to if the person who said they're, they're your healer is not doing their job? I mean, you know, is there a higher up than Jesus? You know, of course there is. You know, it's God the Father, but... I mean, but it's God the Father's will that sent Jesus to begin with. So, so you got to go one step above God the Father if he decides not to heal you. I don't know where you're going to go for that. But um, uh, so uh, lack of faith could be the issue. And, um, uh, and what I always encourage people to do is if you're not getting healed, go to the Lord. Ask him what's going on. And, you know, every time I've done that, uh, and when I say every time, you know, I can only think of twice that I've actually had to do that. You know, Lord, this is happening. I'm not getting healed. Uh, and every single time of those two times, uh, it was on my part. Nothing to do with the Lord. It was just on my part. And one part was, uh, I think I told you, it was uh, really a, a part of ignorance where I was rebuking the devil for the sickness when that sickness wasn't caused by a demonic presence. And so, uh, you know, he said, you're, you're rebuking the wrong thing which was pretty good because, you know, as a, as a Pentecostal person, you're taught that everything is, is the devil and rebuke every devil that's ever known to exist, right? Uh, and every single thing, whether it's your washing machine or your dog or cat, it's the devil, right? Well, it's not always the devil. Sometimes, you know, there's germs and viruses floating through the air. That's not the devil. There's no devil floating around that germ or virus. It's just a germ or virus, right? And so to rebuke the devil, you know, he's laughing at the church a lot of times because you're rebuking me. I'm not anywhere nearby, you know, but I, I'm nearby now because I want to I watch you and laugh at you. Uh, and so, you know, that was one time, but that was not sin. That was not, uh, it wasn't lack of faith. I believe God was my healer. It was just a, a misapplication of the name of Jesus. I was rebuking the wrong thing. So it really that needed training. It wasn't, I didn't need to repent, uh, you know, except for being dumb. But, um, you know, is that a sin? I don't know. You know. If it was, a lot of people need to repent. But, uh, and so it wasn't, it wasn't anything, you know, that, that there was any ill intent on my part. It was just, you know, just you get in a rut sometimes and you follow, you know, tradition and not so much the spirit of God. Uh, and sometimes that, that hinders your faith. Amen. Uh, and then, you know, the other time was uh, I told you about that, too, was uh, uh, where we'd gone on a trip and, and I'd gotten food poisoning and um, uh, and then wasn't able to overcome. You know, everything I ate just came back out. Uh, and um, and so. You know, you're a little dejected because uh, you didn't overcome. And, uh, and so you just kind of move on with life. Well, it was maybe two or three weeks after that. We was back home from, from the trip. And I, and I sent that exact same, you know, rumbling down here in your stomach, right? And I knew that, that I'm here. And if it continues to progress, I'm going to be here. And nothing that I've eaten will stay where it's supposed to stay. And so, you know, what are you going to do? Well, you go to the Lord about it. Because, you know, last time I tried, it didn't work. So, um, so I go to the Lord about it. Lord, what's up? You know, I know you're my healer, but I've tried it. And it wasn't successful then. So I'm assuming that, you know, since nothing else has changed, that, that I'm not going to be successful unless I get more information. And then he, showed, he said, well, when you were on your trip, he said, he said, the reason why you weren't healed is because in your heart, you, uh, and he showed, he showed me my heart and just, you know, by revelation that 
you know, my heart was supposed to be here, but it was over here. So it wasn't like here, but it was way over here, right? It wasn't like I was really far off, but I was out of order. I was out of alignment with the Lord. And he said, you desire to be seen by, by receiving your healing to be seen as somebody of great faith. Well, you know, that's, that's called pride, right? Uh, and if I want to receive the blessings of the Lord so I can be, so I can be seen and receive glory, well, the Lord is not going to share his glory. So that's just, that's garden variety sin, right? I mean, that's just your basic sin, right? Your basic pride and, uh, and, um, but you know, I asked. And so that's what he told me, right? Now he didn't say, you know, most of the time you're wonderful. You know, you're really a wonderful person. But this time, well, you know, he didn't do any of that stuff. He just said, you're in sin, you know. And, and so, so what do you do? I didn't do that, Lord. It, it, it was somebody else. It was their fault. You know, they made me do it. Well, I've read the Bible enough to know that excuses never work with the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, yes, sir, you're 100% right. I mean, what else are you going to say, right? You're wrong. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's you know, uh, that, that's not going to work out well for you. So you just, you just uh, with the Lord, you always roll over and yes, sir, right? You don't argue the case. You don't, you don't, well, I didn't do that. Well, I didn't mean to, Lord, you know. I was under a lot of pressure, and, you know, you don't make any, any dumb lies. They're all lies, right? They're all excuses, which are just lies anyway. And so I didn't do any of that. I just said, well, Lord, you know, then, then I need to repent. And I repent for, for, you know, you're the only one worthy of glory. Amen. Uh, and, and so, you know, and, I, and then I just waited a minute, and um, I said, Lord, we good? And I just sensed in my heart that it was all, t- said, all right, then, then I rebuke this sickness in the name of Jesus. And just within minutes, it all, it all went away, right? All dissolved. Well, see, uh, neither one of those was lack of faith. Uh, you know, one was just lack of information. The other one was just stupid sin, right? Uh, stupidity and, and, and pride. Uh, and, um, but, you know, both of those taught me a, a lot. You know, those things happened many years ago. And so, uh, and since then, I've not really had any trouble ever getting healed about anything. Uh, and, and, but if I ever do, uh, and now every now and then I'll go to heaven. I'll, you know, if something's a little slow getting healed, I'll go to the Lord. Lord, is there anything going on? And now if he doesn't say anything, then I assume there's nothing there. A lot of times people, uh, I must have a secret sin. I love that, a secret sin. Well, who's it secret from? I mean, does the Lord not know? Uh, you know, and I can guarantee you, uh, 99.99% of the time, if you sin, you know it. Oh, I didn't know that was a sin. Lie. You knew it was a sin before you did it, while you're doing it, after you did it, and you just don't want to admit that it was a sin. I didn't sin. You sinned. Uh, It was you, 100% you, right? And so, uh, you know, it must be a secret sin. Well, there are no secrets to heaven. And if the Lord doesn't tell you, then I assume, because if I ask, what do I expect? An answer, right? Uh, uh, You know, if you ask, you shall receive. Isn't that what he says? Right. So when I ask, Lord, why am I not getting healed? I expect to receive an answer. Now, sometimes the answer is just no answer. If there's no answer, then I assume that there's nothing wrong on my part, that it's just, you know, whatever it is, it's just taking a while to get healed. And and maybe if my faith was a little stronger, you know, that'd be okay for that. But, uh, you know, I've got enough faith that it's going to work. You know, even if I got a little faith, it's enough that it will eventually subside and and will eventually yield to my faith. Uh, And so I just. You know, if the Lord doesn't tell me that I'm just that I'm going to have to live forever to to you, this sickness is gone. Uh, I will outlive this sickness. Uh, And so. So, yeah, lack of faith, you know, could be an issue, but uh, uh, it's not always. And and uh, and be really careful uh, about being condescending towards anybody who's struggling with healing because you don't know you're not living in their shoes. And I do know, you know, if people are sick, it's really hard if it's if it's really, you know, painful, agonizing sickness. It's hard to get in faith in that because your your body is so loud. The pain in your body is so loud. It's hard to to get into faith. And I know, you know, just talking to my pastor years ago, he was on some heavy medication for I think it was uh, at the time it was like hepatitis. Uh, I forget which one it was, A, B, C or D or F, whatever one it was. Um, but he was on heavy medication uh, for like a year. He had to be on some special medication, very expensive medication for a year. And he and, and I was just just fell asleep with him one day he said you know he said i really struggle to get into my spirit while i'm on this medication because my mind is so foggy that i I have a hard time concentrating 
well, that's not sin. That's not like a faith. That's not anything. It's, it's an unfortunate side effect to the medication. And that is an unfortunate side effect sometimes with medication. If people get under such strong medication, which is necessary, that it hinders their faith because you have to be clear-minded to be in faith, right? Because faith, in essence, is a decision. Your soul has to be connected with your spirit in order to be successfully in faith, in great faith. Uh, and, and if your soul is all clouded, you know, then, then it's, it just, it, it's a hindrance. It's not a, it's not a barrier. It doesn't keep you from doing it, but it just makes it more difficult, right? Uh, you ever tried to do anything when you've got a fog, you know, first thing you wake up in the morning and, you know, um, uh, and, um, um, you know, sometimes my wife, she's an early riser, right? Uh, and, and we both do this, right? She'll come to me at like 6.30 in the morning and start asking me a bunch of questions. It's like, who are you? What, what, what's your name? Where, where am I, right? But I'll do the same thing at, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Hey, honey, uh, let's talk about this thing right here. What do you think about that? What's doing this, this, this? And she's like, I, I was fixing to go to bed. What? Do I know you, right? You know, you're, you know you're not here. Your brain's not here. And so, you know, uh, it'll get there eventually. Your brain will show up eventually. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's still in bed or still, you know, it's fixing to go to bed. And so, uh, so you know, if, if, you're, if your mind is clouded, it, that can hinder your faith. So it's not... It's not a lack of faith. It's not sin. It's just, you know, it's a, sometimes it's a side effect. And, and the same thing with, with if you're in great agony and pain, it's really difficult to, to, to be clear-minded. And, and that's one reason why I always encourage you, uh, use, uh, you know, we're living in this life. There's always going to be an ache or pain or something shows up on occasion. Use those times when you're clear-headed and nobody's going to die. Nothing's going to happen major. It's just some little nuisance in your life, use your faith as an exercise to overcome that thing by faith. Amen? And you could take a pill for it, you know, and, and, we, and I thank God for, for medication, but I would, I would rather use the opportunity, hey, nobody's going to die about this, right? My leg's not going to fall off. I don't have to go to the doctor. It's just a small thing here. Uh, I'm going to use my faith to overcome that, right? And I told you, you know, I had... Uh, uh, had a problem lifting up my hands because I, I couldn't lift my hands about about that far without you know significant pain in both arms uh, and the doctor said well that's arthritis and I said oh well it, if it's just arthritis you don't say it's just arthritis arthritis is serious uh, but uh, and it is right but not in my heart it is I mean there's nothing there's no in my heart there's no sickness that's serious against the power of God and and now now that it's got a name it's like it's played its hand, right? And so now I've got a name. Uh, and so I would just believe God. Now, that one took me uh, probably a year to get over that 100%. Uh, and um, and why, why did it take so long? I don't know. I mean, do I care? It's over with, right? Uh, and so, uh, so it's just, uh, um, it's good to train yourself in, uh, uh, in the small things because that's the example that David left us, right? Remember when he went up against the giant, what did he say? He said, I, I've, I've fought the lion and the bear. You know, lion's one thing, but a bear, I mean, a bear will eat you and then, you know, and then eat everything else too, right? I mean, a lion, they'll eat you a little bit and then go on, you know, leave, right? But a bear, uh, I mean, it's a lot bigger as a bear. Uh, and, you know, he started with a lion. You know, he probably started with, you know, I don't know, maybe a fox before that. Who knows what he started with there. But he talked about the lion and the bear. Now he's got Goliath. Well, Goliath is much larger than a lion or the bear. But he's like, well, it worked for that. It worked for this small thing over here. So it'll work for that big thing because it's the same power. Uh, and we need to train ourselves on these little things. That don't so, so if something, now I'm not, I'm not prophesying all of you are going to have, you know, brain cancer or something, you know. I'm not prophesying anything. Anybody's going to have anything. I'm just saying that, that uh, through life that our bodies left to their own devices will decay. In fact, Paul said that, that our outman decayeth, but our inward man is renewed day by day. Uh, and so, but it can decay gracefully uh, and last your whole length of your life and then expire when it's time to go home. That's really the, the, the Lord's plan. He never said we'd live forever on the earth uh, in the state that we're in. And so, so use these opportunities with the lion and the bear to train yourself in preparation if you ever meet a Goliath, right? How many Goliaths did David have to fight in his lifetime? Just the one, right? And so... So if he only had to fight one, how many people ever fought a Goliath? 
in the nation of Israel. They did kill some other giants later on. But for the most part, most of them lived their lives never having fought a Goliath. And you, know, you may live all your life with never having to fight a major physical battle. And that's fine, right? But sometimes you may. But use the times right now to train yourself uh, because faith, uh, the Bible talks about exercising your faith, right? So it's like a muscle. There's a faith muscle that you, that you train yourself. Well, this is how I believe. This is how I, I confess. This is how I, I demand my healing. This is how I resist the devil. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy from, from a theoretical standpoint to see what the word says, but it's better to train yourself. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Because just like what David said, uh, that uh, I fought the lion and the bear, a lot of times if a sickness or a disease shows up in my life, I'll be like, yeah, I remember that Lord healed me of that a long time ago. He healed me of this thing over here a long time. He healed me of that thing over there a long time ago. You're no different than that lion or the bear that happened yesterday. Uh, and so it's good training to, to practice on, on those little things uh, and not wait to, you know, till the giant shows up. And then, I mean, in the entire nation of Israel, who was willing to go fight the giant? Nobody. They were all afraid of him, right? Until David showed up. He's just a child. A teenager, right? Uh, the entire nation of Israel, not one was found, not a single soldier, zero soldiers, including the king himself, were willing to fight the big battle. Uh, and how many Christians, if a significant sickness or disease shows up, are, are willing to fight that battle? You know, and, and not many because not enough of us are fighting the lion and the bear when nobody sees it, right? When nobody can see it. And, and that's why, you know, that book by Dodie Osteen uh, was such a great testimony because she lived a life of faith. And, uh, you know, when she wasn't feeling well, she went to the doctor. And after all the tests, they said, well, you've got terminal brain cancer. There's nothing we can do. Go home and die. And that was their that was what they said. Uh, they didn't. Well, we're not going to we're going to try chemo. We're going to do some surgery, radiation. Nope. Uh, it was way too far gone. That's pretty far gone. Right. Of course, that's been many years ago. Uh, and, and technology increases every day, no doubt, with the, in the medical industry. But at the time she was uh, suffering from that. They just told her to go home and die. So what are you going to do? I mean, you know, if you never fought a lion and a bear, you're going to, well, I guess the Goliath, I guess this one for Goliath and zero for me. No, she went home and fought the fought Goliath because she'd already fought the lion and the bear. And, and you know, it took her months to overcome it. But she was, in fact, she's still alive, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, she was, she's Joel Osteen's mom, John Osteen's uh, uh, wife. John Osteen was one who started the Lakewood Church uh, many years ago. And uh, she outlived him. <laughs> he was a great preacher of faith. She outlived him a long time because he died early, like 72 or something like that. And I probably fuss at him when I see him in heaven because like, uh, Pastor John, you were supposed to be here for us. You know, we needed you to be here. We didn't need you to die early, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to be mad at him because, you know, he's John Osteen, right? And, and um, but uh, anybody ever listen to John Osteen? Uh, uh, I've got a bunch of his messages. and He's just a great, a great minister, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I could still listen to him and obtain faith. Amen. Even though he's gone, there's still what he says is we're still anointed. Amen. Uh, and so lack of faith. Uh, don't be anybody's judge, right? I, I was going to say, you know, going to chemo, of course, she blessed her mother. It was very interesting because chemo affects your short-term memory. And we have basically a whole lobby of really spaced out people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm chatty. You know, I go in. I haven't noticed that about you, sir. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That's short term memory. Yeah. Yeah. Pancreatic cancer? Yeah.
Sure. Yeah. Well, sure. Well, the chemo is like a poison, right? And and it has a bunch of terrible side effects. And yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, that that's. Uh, um, uh, and you know, sometimes we just need to be reminded about that, right? Uh, but. You know, where, where we want to be as Christians is to get to a point where that's always our first thought, right, is faith. Uh, and, um, you know, because remember the, the woman with the issue of blood, she, having been to all these physicians, right, and was nothing better, but, you know, but rather grew worse. Then she went to Jesus, right? Uh, and, um, um, and Miss Sue, I'm going to have to rebuke you just a little bit you said it didn't work for you and you have been in faith every day uh, and you have not been outside of faith and you're healed and you're here and and so don't ever say that your faith didn't work it has worked and kept you alive you're here with us and it's your faith in addition with the doctors and we thank God for the doctors but how many people have been faced what you have and been gone home to be with the Lord so uh, and the Spirit of the Lord told me to tell you that, so um, straighten up, right? So don't ever say that again. Um, uh, and so, um, uh, and, and don't ever diminish your own faith, right? Well, if I just had great faith, uh, you know, there's only two people the Lord have said had great faith. Everybody else, he said, he said, be it done according to your faith. He didn't say according to your great faith. So, you know, it's not necessary for you to be a mountain-moving person in order to use faith to obtain healing, right? Uh, uh, he said the faith of a grain of mustard seed is sufficient. So uh, be okay with whoever you are in faith. You know, just like I said, it took me a year to overcome that one thing. I don't care. I, I overcame it. Amen. Well, if I had a greater faith, I'd have been taken in a, in a week. Well, whatever, you know, so what? Uh, I got over it, didn't I? Um, and so I never, I never beat myself up for uh, whatever, wherever I am in faith. Uh, because if your faith is, you know, some people's faith is only in the doctor. So your faith wasn't only in the doctor. Your faith was also in the Lord. But some people's faith is only in the doctor. Okay, then that's fine. Then that's where your faith is at, right? Then go to the doctor and be faithful to do what the doctor says. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and sometimes it's helpful to, to recognize where you are in your faith. You know, if you're here, praise God. Then, you know, then do whatever that level of faith allows you to do. But if you're here, and there, at least there's a pulse of faith. I mean, some people, you go up there and check a pulse of faith, and it's just flat like, I mean, there's no faith at all, right? Uh, and then they're stuck. They, they, they're only at the mercy of the doctor then. But, you know, you can go to the doctor in faith, amen? Uh, and I would always encourage you, always go. To the, if you're going to go to the doctor, always go in faith, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so that was the, the lack of faith there. Uh, number 19 and number 20, he said, failure to receive God's promises. Um, and... and um, you know, of course, some of these things are connected, right? Because God's promises are the foundation of all faith, right? Uh, but um, uh, he had a, a verse in there, uh, Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So we thank God for the name of Jesus. But what's greater than the name of Jesus? His word. Because his... his uh, the name of Jesus is empowered by the word that God said, that I've given you a name that's above every name. So the reason why the name of Jesus is so powerful is because God spoke it to be so. God spoke it, said this name is now, because he was Jesus before the cross, right? I mean, he's always been Jesus. But after the cross, the Lord said, I've given you a name now that's above every name. I've elevated the name that you had while you was on this earth to now be a name that's above every single thing. And so the only thing that's above the name of Jesus is the word of God. So, uh, uh, and, and this is, you know, to me, this is where I struggle with uh, the most part in people who have, uh, don't believe in healing is, but the word of God teaches that so clearly, so plainly, so often, right? So many different ways and so many different books and, and so many different promises. 
over and over, it's consistent. There's not a single time that someone came to Jesus and he said, no, I desire to not heal you. Uh, anybody that came, you know, Naaman the Syrian came to the prophet of Israel. Uh, and, and the prophet of Israel told them what to do. And he, and he eventually yielded to that, right? Uh, how many different stories are there of healing? Uh, and, um, uh, and so, but if you still, after having looked at all those promises, if your conclusion is God does not heal, see, then that's a failure to receive his promise. Because there, uh, if, the, if the, the word of God stands above everything else and you, and you reject that, there's nowhere else for you to go. There's nowhere else for your faith to go uh, because the word of God is the highest that there is. I mean, it's higher than the spirit of God, higher than the name of Jesus. He's exalted above everything. Uh, and uh, the word of God, that's why we love the word of God. That's why I love the word of God is because it's got uh, the promise of faith in every single thing. Amen. Uh, promise of faith for all the, uh, all the d things we desire, which would include healing. Amen. And so the Lord put a high priority on his word. And so if the Lord put a high, because he said, I have magnified uh, or thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. If he's put that, that value on his word, then how uh, much value should we give the word of God? It should be really high. Amen. We, we should treat the word of God like it's precious, like the, the, the promise of life is in the word of God, because it is. We know that. Uh, but some people are so flippant to just say, well, God doesn't heal. I mean, that just, to me, that's, it, that's worse than nails on a chalkboard. That's like kicking a baby seal. Not, you know, I mean, it's just, it's the worst, right? Because his word is precious. And to flippantly just write off thousands of, uh, of uh, promises in the word of God, you know, including hundreds of promises of healing, to just write that off like it's nothing, like God didn't spend his very own blood to, to bring that word to us. To me, it's just, I mean, that, that's just, um, uh, it's, it's really hard for me to receive, amen? Uh, people haven't doubt, you know, that's one thing, but people are just so flippantly, well, God doesn't heal, you know? I told you about the one minister I heard on, uh, just saying, talking about uh, going to the doctor. He said, when God decided not to heal my wife, I mean, just, it just, you know, just kick me in the head or something. I mean, just, I'm not wanting any pain, but I'm just, I, I can't imagine anything worse than being so flippant to say that all those promises that God has chosen to ignore his very word and to allow you by his desire for you to be sick, that he would rather you be sick than for him to fulfill the very word that he promised. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Didn't that what he said? Uh, and, and so if, he, if he's decided not to heal you, then he decided not to do his word. That, that's a pretty strong accusation against the Lord. Amen. I mean, that's a really who are we to judge the Lord that that he is unfaithful to do his word? Uh, I mean, our, what position do you hold in the body of Christ that would allow you to be able to judge the God as being unfaithful over his word? Remember what the Bible talked about, Sarah, that that she judged him to be faithful. See, she she looked at him and said, you're faithful, so you'll do it. Now, she was a little slow in coming up. You know, she was a little slow in coming up to speed on that. But eventually she, she said, well, you know, every time I've seen the Lord, he's always been faithful. Every single time he's been faithful. So she judged him to be faithful. That's how she was able to get healed. Because Abraham was good, right? Uh, you know, I mean, because uh, he, he said not the deadness of Sarah's womb nor the deadness of his own body. But, I mean, he got faith pretty early because him and Hagar got connected. And, I mean, his body wasn't dead anymore. So he's still waiting on Sarah, right? She was a little slow, a little slow to the party. Uh, and so, but she came around. Because she, when she looked at his promise, she said, the only conclusion I can say is he's faithful. He'll do it. Uh, and see, see that, that's, that, that's a good attitude, amen? Uh, it's just, you know, I, when people say things like that, you know, for me personally, it's like I just want to kind of, you know, step away because like, lightning scatters, right? And if the Lord zaps them for saying that he's unfaithful over his word, I don't want to get, you know, caught in the, in, you know, uh, in the crossfire there. Uh, not that he's going to zap anybody, you know. If I was the head of the church, there'd be a lot of zapping going on. But, you know, I'm not the head of the church, so you ought to thank God that I'm not the head of the church. Be like, you know, zap. You said that, you know, zap for you and zap for you and zap for you. We're just going to zap one foot over you over a year because you did a little thing. But, uh, but see, God's promises are precious. God himself said, I've elevated the word of God above everything. There's nothing higher, right, uh, than his word. 
and, and people would just flippantly say the, 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 cra- the craziest things when God decided not to heal me. That's the same exact thing as saying when God decided not to be faithful to do what he promised that he would do. When God lied and said he would do this, but he chose not to do that. That's a lie, right? When you say, I'm going to do this, but you're not planning on doing it because doesn't he know the end from the beginning? Because, you know, if, say, if, if, if I say to you, I'm going to be there Tuesday, and I know I'm not going to be there Tuesday because you know, I've already got other plans. Well, that's a lie, right? Now, if I say I'm going to be there Tuesday and the earth stops spinning or something, you know, maybe that there's a reason for that. But if you intentionally know that you're not going to do that, well, doesn't God know if he's going to heal somebody or not a thousand years from now? Then for him to promise that he would heal you, but the plan to not heal you, well, that's a lie, right? So then we've got God and a lie. Well, then why are we here at all? all of, everything's a lie. If that's a lie, then everything's a lie. There's no salvation. There's no heaven. There's no, there's no hell. There's no anything. Of course, none of that's true. But, but, um, but for people to say, flippantly say, well, when, when God decided not to heal me. Now, that sounds spiritual. It sounds, oh, we, we just need to feel sorry for that fellow, you know. I do feel sorry for him, but in a different way, right? I feel sorry for his ignorance, but... Um, so, uh, so, so, so don't ever say anything like that. Don't ever disqualify the word of God, right? Uh, you know, the, the folks that, that you deal with, Sue, you know, they've got the right attitude. They're not against it, you know, and if they get enough information, they'll believe it. That's a good way because nobody's taught them on faith. Nobody's taught them about healing. And so, uh, and really you should always be open-minded with the Lord that, uh, there's more information out there. Amen. We, we don't know everything and, and uh, we'll never know everything. So, uh, thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So to me, that's one of the most powerful verses in, in the Bible that I don't need, a thus saith the Lord, from the, from the Spirit of God. I don't need a prophet. You know, I don't need a burning bush. I don't need to disguise the part and see a vision from heaven. I just have to read printed, page, printed words on a page, and that alone is sufficient to get me everything that I need from the Lord. Uh, and because I've judged him faithful when I read his word, if he said, then you're my healer, you know, by your stripes I'm healed. Okay, then, 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 then that's, uh, and, and, you know, uh, when, when I first got born again as a teenager, everything was new to me. Every doctrine was new to me. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about church. I never knew of an Abraham, barely knew of about David, you know, because everybody knows about David and Goliath, but I didn't really know he was a king. I mean, I, he was just David and Goliath, right? Uh, and, you know, by law, we had to watch the Ten Commandments every year on TV, uh, but that was that was my extent of Christian knowledge. Uh, I, I knew nothing about the promises of God. Uh, and, and then as I went to the church that we were going to was a, was a word church, and they would start teaching about healing, and they would you know read a verse by His stripes you're healed. And 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 my response always was, okay, fine, healed, no problem. You know, then another verse, you know, God will prosper you. Oh, okay, fine, God God will prosper me too, right? Uh, God will deliver you. Oh, okay, no problem. You know, it was just. If this, well, that's what it says. I'm assuming that it's right. You know, if that's what it says, I'm assuming that's exactly what he meant. It was years later that I started realizing people would say, well, you know, well, I don't believe that. You know, to me, it's like, what, what's that? what do you mean you don't believe? That's what it says. What, what, why wouldn't you believe that? You know, what's wrong with you? you know, it was really, it took me a long time to, uh, because of my ignorance of, of unbelief, you know, I didn't really understand unbelief. I just assumed that if the Bible says it, people just believe that. I mean, it, I mean, that's kind of the deal, right? That's kind of the deal we're supposed to have. If the word of God says he's our healer, then our response as humble servants of the Lord should be, well, then, Lord, then you're my healer. Uh, nothing else is, is, is the correct response as humble servants of the Lord. If our response is, yeah, but sometimes he doesn't, then uh, that's us elevating our position as being the judge of the word of God. Uh, and really, even above that, uh, us, that's us elevating ourselves as a judge of God himself. Well, God, you didn't really mean that, Lord. You, you didn't mean what you said. Wow, that's, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. I mean, I, I wouldn't want that position. You want that position? That you're the judge of the earth, that you're judge of the word of God, you're judge of the God himself? I don't, I don't think there's a position like that available. But many people have taken that as a position. Well, God didn't mean that. God stopped doing that. Oh, so the other verse that says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he didn't mean that either? I mean, I thought the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? And so if he's a healer yesterday, then what is he today? Then there's a healer today, right? Well, he gave us better things, doctors. You're telling me doctors, you're telling me that chemo is better than being healed supernaturally, right? It's not, right? And, so, and I don't have to suffer under chemo. I can just talk to Miss Sue and people that have experienced it and realize this is not the best way to go. We thank God for it. 
we thank God that it, it keeps us alive. But uh, it's not God's best, right? Uh, and so, and we don't ever look down on people that, that, uh, that uh, go to the doctors at all, right? Because we always, uh, and, and Sue's a great testimony, she has always mixed attending the doctors with her faith, amen? Uh, and uh, whatever you do, do it in faith, amen? So, so make sure that if there's a promise, that you receive the promise, regardless of your circumstances, right? Uh, if you're broke, then go find some promises on, on prosperity, right? If you're sick, go find some promises on healing. If you're, if you're overcome, go find some promises about overcoming, amen? Uh, there's plenty of them, amen? Uh, and so, yes, ma'am. He's my clone, right? <laughs> yeah. give you about a hundred messages we've taught around here about that but uh, <laughs> but you know that's right and all harvest oftentimes takes time right so the time from planting to the time of harvesting is time uh, and you know our faith can shorten that time but if you know we got a little faith then that that time may be extended but it's still going to arrive right it will still come uh, and if you'll if you'll diligently watch over the seed and water it by declaring it, I'm the healed of God. I'm the healed of God. That's you watering the seed, right? I'm the healed of God. Uh, and, uh, well, has it come yet? Well, not yet. So you're saying it's not going to come ever? I didn't say that. It's coming. The harvest is coming. Uh, and so we plant the seed. Then, then, remember Paul said, some plant, some water, but God giveth the increase. Uh, and so, uh, and then, so, so part of the watering process is hearing serve messages on that topic right so you planted the original seed but then it's good to hear messages that uh, that will water that seed right because he said paul uh, paul was a planter and apollos was a waterer uh, and and so uh, people say, i get it all on my own well then just burn the bible right because the because paul was a planter and apollos was the waterer god was the increaser and, and you know paul and apollos was the ministers right he didn't say you plant a seed all by your now sometimes you can and that's fine right but don't ever re, don't ever uh not allow someone to water the seed in your life but you also be careful about people throwing wheat uh, uh weeds in your in your garden too right oh yeah i tried that it didn't work you know that's a weed right there right that's uh that's a that's a bad weed right there right and so i'd be careful about people planting wheat and tares together right uh and so uh, but yeah that's a good point there that uh the word of God is seed, and um, which means that the harvest is coming. Is the word of God good seed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, surely it's good seed, right? Uh, but, you know, even good seed, if it's not watered, will stay ungerminated. I mean, they found seed in, in Egypt thousands of years old, put water on it, and it germinated. I mean, just, it, you know, so the word of God's been around for how long? Well, a long time, right? Longer than me. Uh, and... Uh, uh, how many people have access to that seed? Well, the whole earth. How many Christians have access to the seed? The whole earth, right? Every Christian in the whole earth has access to that seed. And yet uh, many of them will leave that seed ungerminated sometimes all their life, right? The, the seed of healing, the seed of prosperity, the seed of whatever that's in the Word of God. They will leave that area of the Word of God untouched. And the seed's there, right? It's on the shelf doing its thing, you know, ready to be harvested, ready to be planted, ready to be watered and, and produce fruit in your life. Uh, and so that's a good point, Ms. Sue. Uh, uh, and so receive the word of God. Amen. Allow it to be planted in your heart and then do your job to water it. Because really uh, the seed is from the Lord. The water is from the Lord. The sun and the light is from the Lord. All that's your part is to be what? 
is dirt, right? Which is probably is what qualifies. Uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, uh, that's the only qualification you got is to be dirt. And some people struggle to do that, right? You're just, you're just got to be dirt and you're struggling. I mean, try to come up with your own seed, right? Figure out the DNA to make seed multiply and turn into, you know, an acorn and do an, into an oak tree, right? You go figure that one. I can't figure that one out. But all you got to do is be dirt, you know? And, and some people's like, oh, that's so hard. Right? I mean, what in the world, right? The Lord can't make it any easier for us. You know, your job is just to be dirt. And it's like, oh, uh, you know, it's, uh, what's that? Good soil, right? That's what, what Jesus said in, in Matthew 13, right? Ours is to be good soil, amen? And that's where you get the best return, right? Some people saw it's like, ah, that'll never germinate. I mean, you know, you, you, it's fa- what they call it, fallow ground, right? Now they call it, fallow, it means it can't germinate. You throw seed in it all day long, not going to germinate, right? Uh, and, uh, and so we want to be good soil and, uh, and then produce good fruit, amen? Because one of the fruits of our good soil is healing. That's, that's one of the fruits, amen? Because we, we plant and and uh and water and god gives the increase of healing if that's what the word is and that's the seed right this the the word uh the healing promises in the word of god are seeds of healing and they get planted in our hearts and then it produces fruit uh, and so let's pray and thank the lord for his word so father we thank you for the word of god we thank you father for uh, giving us this precious seed father of the word of god giving us these precious words father that we plant in our hearts and Father, we choose as an act of our will to be good soil, uh, to be a place to receive the word of God, to, to multiply your promise and produce a harvest, Father, of whatever it is that we're believing you for. And so we thank you for that, Lord. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. And, and uh, Ms. Sue, we're so glad you're back. It's, sure, it's good to see you. Amen. And, and so... Um, and we thank God for your testimony, amen? Uh, and so let's uh, get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. Uh, and um, uh, <clears throat> let's see. And I, I, you all know the book's here there, so if you, if, uh, you didn't get a copy of the, the Healing Scripture book, then get a copy of that. Uh, and, um, but only if you're going to read it. If you're just taking up shelf space, you know, then you know, you got to read it, right? <laughs> well, I didn't say anything, but you know, but since you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and and um, we call this offering blessed. Amen. Um, you know, the 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 seed, just like you go down to the store, you know, you got seeds for tomatoes and seeds for carrots and seeds for different things. You know, the word of God is the same thing. There's seeds for prosperity and seeds for healing and seeds for soundness of mind there's all kinds of seeds right uh, and uh, you know a lot of people they're they're experts at growing potatoes but they couldn't grow you know corn for anything for whatever reason right uh, and so you know and the reason why they've not spent any time with that seed uh, and some people got great faith for this thing over here and they, they're successful at it but then they get over here and they, they're terrible at it uh, and so they need some outside help and uh, and so it's good to have other people like paul and uh, and Apollos to help us along the way. Amen. So be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord and you're dismissed.